Welcome back to the Social Currency Marketing Podcast. Thanks for being here. I'm Jess Jensen, and joining me as always is my good friend, Tuck Ross. How are you, Tuck? Jess, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. Good. I'm excited about We've got some good stuff to, to discuss in the news today. Yeah, if you guys are just joining us, Social Currency is all about getting you guys current on what is happening in digital and social marketing. We've added this format that's much more topical around what's current right now um, so that your business has an ability to um, understand, get you a little bit deeper on the topic, and then um, how do you respond? And if you respond to some of the things that you're seeing um, either in the news or that we're hearing from a lot of the major platforms to get you current quick. So. Um, off of that, we wanted to kick off with talking about Reddit. Um, and Reddit is one that we haven't really addressed much on the show here. Um, but a lot of big things happening with Reddit, one of the largest sites on the internet and um, high engagement uh, in terms of the user base. I was actually with Alexis Ohanian, who is a co-founder of Reddit a couple weeks back, uh, posted my selfie up on Instagram. And uh, uh, he's such a cool dude, so chill, so relaxed. And he was talking about how um, he's just been so amazing amazed by Reddit uh, growing from what was originally, you know, almost kind of this like message board thing um, with uh, the functionality of upvoting and the rest of that into what is now a 450 per, a 450 person plus company um, that has really just uh, continued to explode. And with that, as every company grows, they got to figure out what's their monetization model, especially to support that many employees and the level of investment and prestige and visibility that they have now. So they're looking at an ad model. Yep. And uh, and I think that the, the some of the ways in which they're looking at advertising is going to feel familiar to many of our other social platforms. So adding uh, cost per click, ad units, uh, a bit better analytics and reporting, um, a bit tighter, uh, more precise targeting. So kind of positioning themselves as sort of a serious player in the advertising mix. Yeah, I think this is a big deal with them, you know, getting into CPC ad units, cost per click ad units and um, getting granular reporting and these ad targeting campaign management tools. Uh, really interesting move and it makes sense because they're not part of the traditional advertising mix. When you think about Google or Facebook or display networks or, you know, um, what you're getting by through an ad desk or whatnot or a trade desk, um, Reddit's never been part of that mix. And so, uh, you know, I think advertisers never looked at them as a possibility. Um, one, because of the content side of things, and it's a little risky sometimes. There is some hate speech and some different levels of those types of things that brands would typically shy away from. But I think they're trying to grow up. It looks like they're trying to grow up and become a much more serious uh, site for consideration for advertisers to take a part in. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and just to give a little shout out to where we're pulling some of this data, there's actually two different uh, Digiday uh, articles that that speak to some of this recent activity from Reddit. And, you know, some of the statistics and we'll link to link to the, the articles in the show notes, but some of the statistics are pretty phenomenal. I didn't even know, you know, Reddit's the sixth most trafficked site in the U.S. Yeah, they're huge. Yeah. And then 18th most trafficked in the world. Yeah. Um, been around for 13 years, so quite a while, if you think about that. I mean, that's, you know, older than many of the social media platforms we talk about. Um, But one of the other stats that I thought was really fascinating was this notion of crossover or lack thereof. So, um, you know, in these articles, they talked about the percentage of folks that 
are on Reddit, but are actually not on many of our traditional social channels. So um, 17% of Reddit users don't use Facebook. 28% of Reddit users don't use Twitter. 33% don't use Instagram, which is from an advertising perspective, kind of nice because you're getting um, a bit of a unique audience. Wow, that's crazy. And and you think about you know, who doesn't have some of these places or where they're not using. And, you know, granted, a lot of people don't use some of the newer platforms, uh, depending on as you age up. But the fact that they're dedicated more to Reddit and finding um, much more community there, I think, is is really interesting because, um, you know, I, I have a lot of friends that they spend a lot of time on Reddit and they engage there. And that's where they find a lot of their information. Um almost like a Quora of some sorts. And then also where they're seeing their engagement like a Facebook because our community's there. Yeah, and I think that's a great point. And we've touched a little bit on this in a couple episodes, but we haven't gone deep on this idea of um, subject matter or theme-based groups. And I really think there's a trend around this. You know, we talk about the idea of Facebook groups blowing up. Um, We think about people using um, you know, a bit more sophisticated tools to digest Twitter, like TweetDeck, where you can organize people in lists based on subject. Um, mm, it, you know, yep. it, it, to me, Reddit is almost kind of like the OG. I mean, a subreddit is literally a group of people focused on a certain topic, and that's what they have in common. Yeah, and and, and that makes a ton of sense. So, um, again, just to clarify, they're launching CPC ads. Uh, they have an app install objective for those, uh, improved tracking pixel, uh, really, again, just to step up their level of presence within the advertising space and make, make it more attractive for brands to be able to participate because they have this ability now to be able to um, track their advertising just like any other of the major platforms. Um, and a lot of this, again, going to, they are trying to grow up. They're trying to be more proactive in their marketing efforts. They just closed a $3 million funding round uh, at about a $3 billion valuation. So, you know, I think part of mm-hmm. it is they're also getting pressure now to um, provide a monitor monetization, a revenue model um, that actually can uh, track along with those great stats which you shared, which they are massive and huge. And so what are they doing to monetize that traffic and how are they continuing to to grow to be able to account for their valuation? Yeah. And the other thing that that was touched on... um, what, which was really reassuring, again, as an, as an advertiser, as a, a marketer who's considering where to put often very limited um, budget, um, is brand safety. And that's one of the things that I've always thought about. Um, YouTube's had these issues for a while and, and been addressing them. You know, what am I going to show up next to? If I run an ad on Reddit, um, you know, again, that the, the, some of the forums can get, uh, you know, pretty controversial, a bit dicey. Um, and so, it, you know, it sounds like they're really addressing the brand safety issues head on, um, kind of calling out the elephant in the room and talking about ways in which uh, advertisers can uh, mitigate that. And so, again, it kind of feels like even though they've been around for 13 years, kind of like they're they're growing up, you know, and they're really thinking through all of the potential gaps or pitfalls that a marketer might um, might raise their hand with, which is cool. It's exciting to think about what they might become in the next year or two. Yeah, I think I think that brings us to the point of like, if you're a brand, should you be on Reddit? And it's a good question. I think a lot of brands, I don't know if the brands that I've worked with, um, you know, would feel comfortable being on Reddit yet. And um, unless you could advertise against a specific subreddit and have some of that there, if it's not ROS, right? And you can actually control where and how um, you're being presented and maybe you run a subreddit, um, you know, on those types of things. I think that's way to control it. But um, 
but to your point, it, there there are some challenging topics. There's some interesting communities there, and I, I put quotes around interesting because that is to be defined as you as you see it. Um, but but it may not be the environment for everyone right now, right? It may be a good environment for yeah. AccuWeather or sandwiches from Quiznos, but um, but you know some some more generic and agnostic. If you have a brand that's more social on, on values, um, more woke as it were, maybe Reddit's not kind of in that space. And you know, I think the other thing too, I'm curious on your thoughts on this, because Reddit has not had advertising for like 20 years. Um, I'm actually curious how the audience is going to respond to this because they have been interacting in this brand-free, advertising-free mm-hmm. environment um, that's very authentic. And it is this place where they can go and be themselves and not have to worry about the encroachment of someone using them as a product like Facebook does. And so um, I don't know what your thoughts yeah. are on that, but I think I think some of the ad model may be challenged unless they figure out the very smart way to do it because people are just not going to be receptive to have brands play in their space. Yeah. I think that's always a tough transition when you're used to getting something basically for free. Um, and, and whether that, you know, was the original, uh, version of Pandora or Spotify, you think about Craigslist, you know, these sort of, you know, in the beginning, they once didn't have advertising. And so then when it starts to get incorporated, um, there's always going to be a population of people who rebel against that. And it, I think it's like a lot of things we've talked about Instagram, so much in this vein, if the ads are, you know, well art directed, if they're relevant to me based on my demo and psychographic needs and interests, I'm, I'm generally okay with it. And maybe I'm an exception, but I, I'm okay with it if it makes sense where it shows up and how it looks and feels. So I've seen a few ads on Reddit. Um, I kind of ignore them just because, again, I think that the whole UI of Reddit is very, to me, very kind of lo-fi in general. So the ads sort of <laughs> feel that way too. Yeah. Thanks for not updating your site since right? 1995. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Totally. So that's the other thing, again, I talked about, um, you know, when they're doing this sort of agency roadshow with all of this new advertising functionality. I also talked about them beginning to sort of dust off and kind of make their overall UI experience, both the mobile app and the desktop, a bit more premium feeling. So I we'll see if that continues. And again, if the advertising follows that premium look. Yeah, it's kind of funny, right? Hey, hey, it's 2019 and we're introducing display click ads, right? It's, right. it's kind of, <laughs> yeah. wow. All right. Thanks, Reddit. Um, all right. So I'm going to try this transition here. So back to your stats about who's not on Reddit. Did you know that 65% of Reddit users are not on Pinterest? And wow. that's our next topic, which is all about Pinterest IPO. You know who is yeah. on Pinterest? 250 million monthly active users. Um, so up and coming platform, you know, Pinterest has kind of been riding in the background of, of the other major social networks. And um, mm-hmm. and yet, you know, especially lately, they've actually been growing uh, at a significant rate. And uh, the word on the street is that they have filed for an IPO um, to be able to go to market with a valuation of $12 billion. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I think what's interesting is this trend that I'm hearing and reading about social media platforms calling themselves non-social media platforms. And so Pinterest is one and 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 they 
straight up say, we don't think that we're a social media platform. We call ourselves a discovery engine. And in fact, are competing more directly with Google um, and potentially Amazon because they see themselves as a, you know, a, a, a funnel, a direct funnel um, into sales, being able to buy what you see. I, I actually, I actually fully agree with that because I watch people who use Pinterest they're not there to chat with others, right? I think there's actually a limited amount of uh, total social interaction on, on Instagram. I think it's more social on Facebook and and, and Twitter especially. Um, but I think it's as you move down, Pinterest is probably on the low end of that, right? Reddit's more more engaging and, and more. Yep. But, but people go to Pinterest to search. And if you look at the demographics, um, there is is this predominantly female base. 70% of Pinterest users are actually women. Um, and that's maintained since the platform has started. Um, their male audience is growing, but overall growth of the platform um, is still maintaining around 70% women. And, um, and I, I am reading this, so I am not making a uh, you know assumption or uh, anything else like that. But they're searching for arts and crafts, home decor, recipes, other items like that, which are, are some of the top topics that um, Pinterest is saying is happening around their search and people looking for inspiration. It's kind of this inspiration engine for all kinds of things, right? And um, and actually, I, that's how I see a lot of my friends um, use it uh, for that reason. Yeah. And that's, again, that's for sure how I've used it. I, I've used it for interior design ideas, furniture, um, like birthday partying, uh, sorry, birthday party decorating ideas. So yeah, for sure. Inspiration, visual, you know, just my, one of my pet peeves, and I can't quite figure out why this happens on Pinterest and perhaps... Again, if, if they're kind of following this similar similar pattern as Reddit, it's sort of like shoring things up to grow up and mature and then potentially go public. Um, I have always noticed that there's a ton of repetition of images on Pinterest. And so you scroll down like a page or two equivalent and you'll see the same, almost the same set of images all over again. And so I don't know what's going on with that, but I feel like, you know, great to call yourself a non-social media platform and be a place of inspiration um that eventually directs into sales no no worries there um but again from a just a user interface and experience perspective i feel like they need to clean some of that repetition up to uh to position themselves eventually for a similar advertising platform that reddit's launching yeah that's fair um if you guys aren't familiar with pinterest and how they actually um earn money um they actually uh when you go into pinterest and you see the pins which you scroll through um there's actually sponsored pins. Um, they've introduced shop the look pins for the fashion side of things to be able to, um, especially for fashion, but also for other categories as well, be able to click through and shop on those pins, um, which gives them a cut, like an affiliate cut, and you actually can sponsor those as well. Um, and so, uh, you know, it, they've developed slowly. It actually has been going very slowly, um, but slowly into this, um, you know, almost search engine that operates a little bit like a cross between what you'd see on Facebook or Google's CPC side, along with like a Google image search, right? And putting those two together is sort of how Pinterest ad platform works. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting too, because I've just noticed over the last year to 18 months, Google's image search has really stepped up its game. And, um, I, again, I, I, that's a, that's a hearty competitor for Pinterest to go up against, but if they're positioning themselves as again, very image driven, um, kind of a, a discovery engine, 
logically the comparison would be Google image search. Um, and I just discovered this. And again, I always feel like I'm further behind than I should be considering that I work in the tech industry. Um, but suffice it to say that you can shoot, take a photo with a Google app on your phone of anything like a plant that you see on the side of the street and it will identify like all kinds of information about it so that then you can go buy it online or obviously take it into a garden shop, whatever you want to do. And I feel like that that's got to be the next step for Pinterest is being able to identify based on image capture. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's a visual search engine, right? And and they definitely need to be following along those lines. I'm sure they have some kind of plans there. I think to that point, the interface on Pinterest is super slick. And if you haven't tried it out, go make an account and just play around with it. Um, you don't necessarily have to go and make pin boards uh, or anything like that, but the the way it works, it's beautiful. It's very engaging. It's very immersive, and um, and much more so, I think, than any other platform. Which is why, um, especially for brands that are visual or visual products, or if you're looking for inspiration for those types of things, that's why people care about it because it is so fun to use. Um, so this IPO is coming out at 17 times revenue which is pretty crazy, right? Um, Huge and kind of ballsy from that perspective. Um, You know, good for them. They're not growing their audience as kind of fast as the other ones, right? So 250 monthly active Mm -hmm. users, that's about a fourth of what Instagram's doing. And uh, and they're coming out at, at 12 billion um, versus where Instagram was acquired at, which is still a few years back now, but but still pretty interesting that they're going out that aggressively, which means that um, you know they have a huge potential to, and, and need to grow their audience faster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole going public thing, it, it can dramatically change the way that a company behaves. And you know, again, some uh, some of the articles that we read in, in prep for this discussion, you talked about that can go really well, um, or it can really um, cause a company to stumble. I mean, we've we've seen um, Twitter, you know, have, have a, a couple bumps in the road since they've gone public. So um, it changes the way that things are managed, no question. I mean, this is getting way beyond digital marketing, but you know, from just a business strategy perspective, there's a lot of. Um, there's stakeholders far beyond um, the the company itself and the owners. It's, it really gets into what does the street expect of you and how do you show growth quarter over quarter. Uh, it can be a bit more of a short term view, I think, than than what you can do when you're when you're still privately held. So, watch this space with Pinterest. Yeah, I think I think they have a couple of opportunities, right? We talked about how they're they're heavily, uh, you know, female. Um, I think. It'd be interesting to figure out if they can expand with the male audience and what does that look like because they would have Mm -hmm. a new market on that side of things. And then, you know, this is something we've talked uh, a lot of episodes back, but about international, about 50% of its users are outside the U.S. now and 75% of new users are are international. So um, it, it may feel like a little bit like it's maturing in the U.S., but it looks like there's a lot of potential internationally to drive expansion, which would help. Um, Obviously, finding new interactive ways for people to engage and keep people engaged is going to be key. Um, But I think if you're a brand and, you know, you haven't 
played around with Pinterest, especially if you're a visual brand, a brand that's dealing with the same type of image concepts that you'd be looking at on Instagram, there's there's a really good potential that you find a base um, in Pinterest. So um, good opportunity to try. I think it's still early for Pinterest, especially since they haven't kind of come out the gate and had the pressure of the market to, like you're saying, push them along and they're going to have to develop and move faster. So um, it's a good time, I think, to get in now if you haven't toyed with Pinterest to see what you can do with it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think one of the things that that Reddit and Pinterest have in common is just this notion of sort of what is the next digital set of trends look like? We talked about, you know, trends for 2019, which um, covered quite a wide gamut of, of topics. But, you know, Reddit and Pinterest are sort of these quasi social media platforms, but kind of not right. We just we just kind of went through the reasons why. Um, sure. But they yeah, but they still, I think, garner quite a bit of time and attention. People spend a fair amount of time on both Reddit and Pinterest for for different reasons. Um, and so I think our kind of our third topic um, is another space where um, people are spending a lot of time and there's a lot of attention being paid to it. Yeah. Um, before we switch gears on that, the one thing I want to close out with on Pinterest was there was actually this article that we picked up um, this week that Instagram uh, was spotted actually being able to uh, expose your saved uh, posts, i.e. you may be able to present them as a gallery, like a collection board is what they're calling it, um, that may actually compete directly with Pinterest. So we know that Facebook loves to go after companies that are trying to steal from them um, and or just that they want to take them down, right? Like they did with Snapchat. And crush and, them. Uh, it, it's interesting <laughs> that the timing of this sort of being found, uh, it happens to be coincidentally the same you know, period that they're announcing their IPO. So Instagram collections mm-hmm. um, could be a huge boon for Instagram. It could also potentially be a threat to Pinterest uh, longer term, especially since shoppable, shoppable uh, you know, pics on Instagram are becoming a thing and, uh, mm-hmm. and it could literally be the next version of Pinterest just on Instagram. Mm. So, uh, oh, Facebook. Next topic. Yeah, like one of our favorite topics ever, podcasting. Hey, it's such a good idea. We should have a podcast. We should totally do a podcast. Let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, we talked um, a little bit about how Spotify picked up uh, Gimlet Media and Anchor. Uh, if you're not familiar with those properties, Gimlet uh, actually produces podcasts for brands. And Anchor is a, is an app that actually makes it very easy at entry level for you to, uh, you know, be able to record a podcast on the fly and do that. Or you could, you know, create a much more professional podcast um, out of the platform as well. So interesting play uh, by Spotify to pick up two of these major podcast properties. They actually announced it at the same time um, to make this big splash into what is the red hot market of podcasting. Yeah, I, I mean, it's hard to even know where to begin because I, I, I'm, I'm, both of us are clearly such believers in podcasting. Um, but a few statistics at a macro level, um, and then, yeah, let's dig into what's going on with Spotify because there's a very interesting business um, approach and kind of roadmap there. But, you know. Yeah, tell me, tell me about podcasts. Right. Let's, tell me some stats let's, about podcasts. Let's talk about podcasts. Uh, so about 550,000 active podcasts. And by the way, um, this is from an article again that we'll link to in the show notes. Um, 
called Music Oomph. That's a great website. I love that. Um, fantastic infographic, actually, that really kind of um, depicts some of these some of these foundational stats. So about five hundred fifty thousand active podcasts in a hundred languages, over eighteen million different episodes floating around. Um, and you know, one of the stats that I love uh, is just the amount of time being spent, right? So you can have a lot of episodes and a lot of podcasts in a lot of countries, and that can mean very little if people aren't actually spending time here. I know talk, you've talked a number of times about this notion of the attention economy and go where the attention is. Um, so yeah. we've got stats that tell us that... Um, Podcast listeners are listening to an average of seven seven different shows per week. Figure an average podcast, right? Seven. That's wow. like one a day. It's crazy. Um, and you figure an episode ranges on average anywhere from like 25 to 40 minutes, somewhere in that ballpark. But what's crazy is that of those seven episodes that range 25 to 40 minutes, that they are listening to 80% of an episode. So you're talking about hundreds of minutes a week that are being spent with your voice in someone's head. This is so interesting because if you think about the other things that we've talked about, especially around you know, you know, Facebook being a platform for content, right? And Instagram being a platform for content, all these acting as giant CMS systems. But a lot of these cases, um, you're sort of in and out, right? You may be doing it while you're watching TV or driving in the car. Don't do that. It's a terrible idea. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's like not, maybe it's part of multitasking. It's really hard to multitask when you're listening to a podcast. And I've tried it, right? It's hard to focus on doing something else while you're listening. And I think that's why it's it's so provocative to think about that attention span, the time that people are spending with podcasts, because it is immersive. They are focused, they're paying attention, and they're dedicating time to it and having that in their ear and uh, and paying attention. Yeah, yeah, and, and um, I agree. The multitasking, uh, when you're trying to think or write or do something that's sort of intellectual or analytical, incredibly hard to do while you're also then consuming, you know, this sort of narrative content via a podcast. But what I love is the ability to do uh, you know, quote unquote, non-intellectual activities um, while listening to a podcast. So um, uh, obviously walking and running is an easy one. Uh, cleaning the house, you know, picking up the dishes and then wiping, wiping on the counters of the kitchen or whatever, all those mundane things that we do day in and day out. I mean, I'll tell you, when I started really getting into a rhythm of listening to podcasts, because I don't have uh, um, a huge commute, uh, thank goodness, uh, it was when, this is going to sound so girly, but it was when I got a, a new curling wand, which by the way, I love, <laughs> um, and I, no comment, no comment. And so, and I started to, spin. that's when I started to, yeah, I'm sure actually. I can do your hair's been looking really good lately, actually. Thank you. Um, so, so I, I mean, I'm in the bathroom for like 15 minutes. It's not that long, but it's long enough where I'm standing there doing something incredibly mundane and I can't, I have no hands. Like my hands are tied up. I can't even be moving scrolling through an article on my laptop. If I wanted to really be that organized about it, even that I can't do. Can't write. I can't read the email. I mean, it, my hands are tied up and I'm standing. So podcasting became this amazing ability, I had this amazing ability to consume pretty rich content for 15 or 20 minutes every morning. And then I would just continue and usually wrap up the episode on my drive to work. So I love 
the ability to like learn things, be entertained, again, have kind of these familiar voices that you start to listen to and feel very close to, you know, a couple of days a week in your ears while you're really doing something that otherwise would be wasted time. Yeah. I mean, Drybar should do a sponsorship, right? So that they're, you know, in the moment with yes. you doing the thing. But to your point, <laughs> like here's, here's some good, here's a good breakdown of where people are actually listening to podcasts. So 49% is actually at home. And 22% while driving, 11% listen at work, which is actually pretty low because they're trying to do other things. Um, 4% public transportation, 4% you know working out, 3% listen walking around, 7% other situations. Um, and then to your point, 80% of listeners listening to an entire podcast or most of the episode because they're that dedicated and, and attentive to it. I mean, people aren't even finishing TV shows, right? And they're listening to podcasts. Um, mm-hmm. And so... Mm-hmm. So that's super interesting. Um, and, and to your point, people in the car, um, they're using their smartphone uh, to stream that media. And, uh, and and it's coming through the smartphone, most of it through Apple iOS, but then 43% on Android too. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing too that we see with podcasting, and this is, um, I've read this a number of times, is from a, a um education and average household income standpoint, folks that are listening to podcasts are above average. So um, when you think about the percentage of folks in the U.S., let's just take the U.S. that have a college degree, it usually hovers between 25 and 30 percent for your bachelor's degree. 45 percent of podcast listeners have a college degree, so quite a bit higher. And the um, the average income is seventy five thousand or above um, household income for podcast listeners. So there, uh, there's, there's a, a I hate the word affluent is so loaded, but I mean there is a, a, a slice of the U.S. population that is um, clearly adopting podcasting. And for certain brands and certain businesses, that could be right up your sweet spot in terms of who you're trying to target. Yeah, I mean. It is definitely a different demographic than we're seeing for a lot of other things, and um, and potentially you know more thoughtful from that perspective too because they're looking for that. So um, you know we're we're huge podcast fans. Obviously, we're doing this every week and and sharing you know our our expertise and information with you guys um, listening. Uh, but I think it's interesting to note that um, podcast listeners are actually more likely to follow companies and brands on social media. And in general, podcast listeners are way more active on social media um, overall, 94% active on one versus 80%, 81% for the entire population. So um, if you're thinking about podcasting and you're thinking about advertising on social, these two things are actually going together. And there's some good information here that 69% agreed that podcast ads, so not just the fact that you have a podcast, which you could make your own podcast if you're a brand, and that's a good idea, especially if you have a topic that you want to talk about because people are leaning into this content, they're paying attention, they're immersing themselves in it. But then think about that, like you've created your own platform for advertising, plus you could advertise on other podcasts. And 69% agreeing that podcast ads made them aware of new products or services. And there's actually a good breakdown here um, with actually business podcasts, 14% lift in purchase intent for brands who advertise in business podcasts. Uh, For sports podcasts, 9.3% lift in purchase intent. Uh, News and politics, 12.8% 
percent lift in purchase intent uh, for those advertising in those spaces. So, um, so think about that from the perspective of if your brand isn't thinking about podcasting, and, and there's two ways to think about it. One is that you can actually make your own platform. There's a low barrier entry. It's fairly fairly cheap to do that. Um, just you know, finding the talent and making sure that you have it part of your content plan. But like, if you're already making video, if you're already writing articles, you already have a potential for this type of content. And then separately, the advertising that goes into it um, is showing a demonstrated lift because people are paying more attention. Yeah. And again, if you think about the, I think that was the second largest percentage of the location in which people are listening to podcasts was, was driving. The 22% were driving. Well, so clearly when you're driving again, hopefully you're not looking <laughs> at your phone. So the ability to skip, right? Cause you can skip through commercials on podcasts, but if it's, if you're driving, you're not going to pull over and skip through a, whatever it is, a 30 second spot. So, you know, you're almost uh, a sort of a, a captive audience, if you will. Um, and, and again, I really think there's something very personal about being in people's head. I mean, the, the voice of the host and the, um, the talent, you know, whether again, it's more fictional storytelling based podcast, or it's more interview style where you're bringing guests on, um, or you're exploring again, a topic like finance or, um, science, whatever, whatever it is you're doing, that consistency of those voices and that, and that talent, obviously if it's likable and it's providing value to the, the listeners and they come back again and again, that's, that's so much more personal from a brand building perspective than it, I think a lot of other digital channels, including social media, um, can, can deliver. Now, I think the one exception is video. I think video can be also incredibly personal. Um, but it, it's, it's a great, to me, a great, a great additional tool to your repertoire of digital marketing. Yeah, you're so right on. I think video is probably the top, but but the fact that podcasting is so accessible for a brand or an entrepreneur or someone to start on their own and share their expertise, um, and especially if you have attractive voices like we do, um, it makes it so much more interesting from that perspective because it is more personal and it is engaging, and we do have things of value to share that... Um, that that you know you want to make sure that you can communicate in an in this channel that is so personal yeah so uh i know we we probably want to wrap it up here shortly but i don't know if you want to touch on how we uh sort of our original topic around spotify and their acquisition and they've they've shared a little bit about their roadmap and kind of what they're thinking there outside of the world of music yeah i think i think that one is um is interesting because again uh you know, they have the ability to, uh, one, own a space that is completely blowing up because there are so many people listening to podcasts. Um, it is a platform that is creating longer listening times, right? So instead of a two, three minute song that they're having to pay licensing fees for, they're getting free content that's 40 minutes long that people are listening to 85, 90% of all the, the entire episode. So it's a smart move from the consumption perspective. It gives them more time for advertisements to be able to fit in, um, which is why your brand should be there from an advertising perspective, because there is that connection, that attention that the consumer is giving. And Spotify does see that upwards of 20% of content consumed on their platform in the next year will be podcasts, which is which is a huge indicator to um, the growth potential of this platform. 
Yeah. I mean, to me, this is classic uh, line extension, right? This is them diversifying their portfolio of offerings. They're, they're, they're positioning themselves as being the, uh, the audio first company. And we know that voice search, you know, all of the smart, smart home display, whether it's Google, whether it's Amazon, all of that voice based, um, engagement, interaction, search is blowing up. And so to me, Spotify is trying to kind of own that corner, own that sort of audio mix, whether it's music, educational, entertainment, et cetera. So super smart. Um, and I think it's, it's clearly a company on the rise. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens, right? Because Apple Podcasts really started it. I mean, this thing has been around forever, right? And um, it started as part of iTunes, and then they broke it out separately in the app a few years back, uh, or in the iPhone a few years back. Um, but they own the majority of the share. And, um, and you know, Android is actually a distant second. Sorry, I know you have an Android phone, but not not hating, just just stating the facts. Um, but uh, but, it, but, um, I've but got they don't. Equal love. But they don't monetize it, right? So Apple makes all, no money off of everyone other than they'd spend time in the app doing the thing, but that doesn't help them because there's no advertising there. Um, Versus Spotify, which is looking for that share of the space. And I think they were about 5% of total share, the last thing I saw, Um, but they're able to monetize it, which, Apple's not right, and then you see Pandora, which you know, in part of the streaming dialogue, they're one of the competitors, but they went the complete opposite direction and acquired SiriusXM, uh, yeah. which is also sort of baffling because I don't know many people that have SiriusXM anymore, and I, you know, I, I think they're still big and they've got a lot of kind of exclusive content that on that platform that they pay for, um, but definitely not focused in the podcasting space, at least that we can see right now. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Again, and some of this could just be a matter of more time on site, you know, stickier platform, more reasons to go to Spotify. I I would not be surprised in the next year or two if we see Spotify basically begin to dominate the Android listenership, right? Because it is so splintered and fragmented on the Android side, to your point. That's a good the point. IOS side. Yeah, that's, so, a, good, I mean, that's a good point. Yeah, there's an opening there, I think, for someone to come in and say, we got this. We got this for all the Android folks. Um, So to me, a key takeaway from all three of these discussions, Reddit, Pinterest, Spotify, to me, this is all about extending beyond some of the quote unquote traditional digital or even social media properties and thinking about whether it's more forum based whether it's more visual based or more audio based, you know, if you're looking to experiment and try some new things in 2019, and again, maybe have some limited budgets, these might be platforms to look at. Yeah, and I think I think these are these are actually proven platforms at this point. Um, it just depends on how you want to play. Reddit still a little bit scary from that brand safety perspective, but Pinterest good engagement, a very solid user base that's engaging on a regular basis and the attention's there. And depending on if your brand fits that model, good opportunity. And uh, you know, podcasting, same type of thing. Whether you're building a podcast to help communicate your brand's value, its message, its content in another you know way, another channel to what you were saying, and or if you're advertising to get your message out because there is more attention there, people are leaning in, it is immersive, and they're spending more time, good opportunities either way. So um, as a takeaway, think about Reddit, Pinterest, and especially podcasting for your brands now. And I know a lot of brands are starting to think like, even though it's heading into Q2 right now, what am I doing for next year? 
definitely make this part of your plan going forward because these are good spots to try and figure out if you can find additional audience than you can reach because these platforms are a little more mutually exclusive than the others. Yep. Yeah. And, and you know, one thing we didn't even, um, dig into, but I'll just kind of throw it out there as a final thought with Reddit, um, is, and again, thinking about the things that don't cost a ton of money, but actually can build a lot of humanity around a brand or a, or an executive is, is run a Reddit AMA, you know, and ask me anything. Uh, Bill Gates just did another one. I think he's done seven now, um, earlier this week and, um, they get now a ton of traffic and, you know, loads of eyeballs, right? Partly because it's Bill Gates, but partly because he's been doing them for a while and people love the idea of that direct access. Um, and so again, AMAs can also feel a little scary and vulnerable because questions are coming in in real time, but there's always the ability to, to, to step over something if it doesn't feel comfortable or it's not something you want to address. And often the things that I see get the most upvotes on Reddit with those AMAs are personal questions. So for example, mm. he was asked, you know, hey, what what's something like, what's one of the pleasures you've been able to afford yourself considering your... Um, your financial position. And uh, he said, well, you know, I do have a, a, a trampoline room in my house for the kids, <laughs> <laughs> which I think his kids for are like teenagers. Oh, yeah, I think yeah, they're like the teenagers kids, yeah. be in it's college. Him. Right, it's probably him. Yeah. But he's I mean, a closet trampoliner. He's a closet trampoliner. But I mean, that got one of the, that was one of the highest voted um, questions. And so that that kind of stuff doesn't have to be complex. It can just be about building some humanity around a brand and having a little fun. So that's just one example of a way to play with with one of these platforms without having to, um, you know, go all in or have loads of media media dollars behind it. That's super smart. And it, it takes it back to that point of like, is it weird to advertise on a platform where there hasn't been advertising and has the community respond to that? You're actually engaging with the community, which is how that works. And it's actually a really good idea. So thanks for bringing that up. All right. So, hey, guys, we're at the end of another episode. Really appreciate you guys listening. Socialcurrencyshow.com. If you haven't visited our site, it's actually pretty fresh. We updated it at the end of last year, and um, it's got a ton of information. We post our podcast episodes there, all the show notes. Um, Jess and I are writing blogs. Uh, We're getting all the information to you as fast as we can get it. We publish every Monday. So look for us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, of course, Stitcher, Google Play. And, um, and sign up for a newsletter when you're on the site because you'll get notified every Monday when we come out with a fresh new episode and you'll be able to see what everything is about and what we're up to. You can also follow us on Facebook, Social Currency Show, or find Jess and I individually on Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Tuck Ross or at Jessica, J, or Jessica K. Jensen. So appreciate you guys listening and we will talk to you next time. Thanks, Jess. All right. Bye, Tuck. Adios. See ya.